Hello, and welcome to Alameda County Library's Read On podcast. We're talking about new books, classic books, and other fun stuff you can get from your library. We hope you enjoy. Find us on the web at aclibrary.org. Hello, and welcome to Book to Screen. I am Kate Epler. And this is Chris Seelig. Hello, everyone. Today we are discussing The Martian by Andy Weir. And uh, The Martian is sort of an interesting publishing success story. Um, a lot of people may not know that he first published it as a chapter-by-chapter serial on his blog, and then he put it in Amazon as an ebook, and it became one of their most popular sci-fi sellers. And then Crown Publishing picked it up and published it as a hardcover in 2014, and Ever since then, it's been on bestseller lists, and it remains on bestseller lists And Chris, what do you think of this book? Well, okay, I'm going to give it five stars for research. I mean, I am completely impressed, and a question I would love to ask him is, how did you get access to the kind of information that allowed you to do this clearly well-informed speculation about? Yeah, yeah, so this character, you know, in case you don't know the premise, I don't think it's giving too much away to say that he is stranded on Mars and he's very likely to die unless he solves an almost endless series of really hard problems. And I got to tell you, these problems like how do I make water out of nothing, how do I grow food where nothing can grow, are very difficult to solve if your life hangs in the balance. How you solve them as a writer, I think I just would have given up and gone to Taco Bell at some point. (laughs) No Taco Bell on Mars, but... He has great stamina for imaginary problems. He is a positive guy. He's a can-do guy. It reminded me of, I don't know if you've read Packing for Mars by Mary Mm -hmm. Roach, but she talks about how astronauts are chosen. And clearly, it's good to have someone with extremely good mental health and, uh, you know, really, you know, clearly intelligent and knowledgeable, but just someone who's going to say, okay, I'm going to work the problem. Here's the problem. What's the math? What's the science? And he is amazing at that. So I gave it five stars for science. And I would probably give it like four stars out of five for the plot. The plot is super compelling. I mean, how do you maintain hope, keep moving forward towards a solution when you have been abandoned, you know, not maliciously, but abandoned by your crewmates and left you with a small amount of food the to survive? The only human on a really crappy planet. <clears throat> the, only, the only anything on a really crappy planet. And at the beginning of the book, he has no form of communication with the ship that is making its way back to Earth with Earth itself. Um, and he just goes about his business. So I appreciate that. And it does get very exciting. I will I will say that. Yeah. You're holding back, though, because before <laughs> we pressed record, ladies and gentlemen, Chris was telling me <laughs> that she did not like this book. Well, okay. I didn't say that. Which makes I her said... the only reader in America, by the way. The only reader <laughs> in the United States of America. I, I don't I, I feel I feel you're being a little unfair, Kate. <laughs> no, but I did say I, I I will stand by this. I think it is poorly written. I think that it is incredibly just straightforward writing. There is almost no descriptive writing. There is almost no character development. There is some use of emoticons, which is surprising. <laughs> I guess in fiction. I guess it really so. comes up. It I really guess does. so. But he, I mean, I just, I would think that even a person who's very well adjusted, which he clearly is, would have some frustration and have some fear and have some sadness. And in the book itself, there is almost none of that. And he, he's, he's relentlessly cheerful. He is relentlessly yeah. cheerful. And this is why I actually personally love this book so much. I read this at a time when I was very stressed out. Uh-huh. And reading this dude solve impossible problems alone on Mars and just be like, oh, well, I think I can do this emoticon about it. Like, oh, I guess I'll have to do some math. Like his attitude 
was so therapeutic. It That's was so therapeutic. It was just like, oh, anything can be solved. Any problem can be solved. Just do your math. It did make me proud of our astronauts. If they're all like Mark Watney, I'm I'm all on board. Yeah, which, which brings us to, to the movie where yeah. this character is played by Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen the movie? I saw the movie I on also saw the Sunday movie. night, and I love the movie. Yeah, I love the movie, and I am loath to say this as a librarian, but I thought the movie was way better than the book. Sorry. Well, the movie does have one thing that the book does not, and that is Matt Damon with his shirt off. <laughs> but then it's Matt Damon with his shirt off after he's starving. I know. And I was hoping that was little, like Photoshop little, or something. Like that's CGI, a less. CGI emaciated Matt Damon. Yeah, but, that was a little less. Um, the first Matt Damon with his shirt off scene, <laughs> you know, it's a bonus. I also thought it was a very nice use of 3D technology, unrelated to oh. Matt Damon with his shirt off, but for the Mars mountain ranges. Very nice yeah. use of 3D. I didn't see it in 3D, but I still really liked it. And I will say what comes through in the movie, obviously, is, you know, that it was very well acted. You see the emotion. The emotion that did not come through for me in the book that I was craving was clearly there. And the science is so complicated that I think it's it was a story that was crying out for visuals. And, of course, you get that. And you also do movie. get, so the book is sort of split in two between Mark Watney alone on Mars and everybody at NASA JPL trying to bring him home. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of characters. It's probably a realistic number of random people sort of working on this yeah. on the, the NASA JPL side. It was nice to get faces to those names in the movie. It was nice to sort of see that part acted out a little bit more. Yeah, and you know, I have to give whoever put this movie together, I'm sorry, I don't know the director, but it's a very diverse cast too. And I think um, there are particularly a lot of women in important positions, which I appreciated, and people of color. And I I feel, you know, kids are going to watch this and astronauts are going to be popular again. Like I even saw several at Halloween, you know, Uh, come to my door. And I, I think that's cool. You know, if it gets a wide, you know, a swath of people interested in science and math and space travel. That's a side point to this whole thing, but it's all to the good. So in a way, this book is responsible for the second golden age of the U.S. space program. I Don't you think that's a fair assessment? I, I absolutely agree with If you, that Kate. is not a recommendation to read, I don't know what is. The Martian, <laughs> Andrew Weir, uh, yeah. available, lots and lots of copies at Alameda County Library, and you know we'll get the movie too just as soon as we can. This is Natalie. And Blaine. So we've got a teen book for you this time. I'm going to tell Blaine here why he should read it. Mm. It's called One by Sarah Crossan. Actually, this book is very unusual. It's about two conjoined twins named Grace and Tippy. You can see their parents were fans of Alfred Hitchcock. There's you know, one for Grace Kelly and one That's for nice. Tippy Hedren. Yeah. And actually... The British cover of this book, because the author is British, is really cool. It has, like, the two sisters from the back with kind of their hair braided together. So I would check that one out. But anyway, this book, it's about these two conjoined twins. They're conjoined, like, in the middle at the stomach, okay. like, at the waist, sort of. And it's a very interesting kind of setup. So they've kind of, you can tell, like, you know, like a lot of these kind of special kids, like, even, you know, what was that show called? Kate. John and Kate plus eight. Uh-huh, yeah, right. When you have these kids, when they're young, people kind of throw money at you because it's very novel and people get into the story. So that's sort of where we are with these characters where 
when they were younger, they got lots of donations and they were able to kind of be homeschooled. But at the point where we are now, kind of the glamour has worn off and people aren't into donating money to them. And like their father lost their job, their mom was working, they have a younger sister. So they have to go to public school for the first time, which is kind of this big drama because they know that people are going to see them as freaks. Another interesting thing about the story is it's actually written as poetry. Oh, wow. So it's um, okay. hmm. the whole novel is written that way. So if nothing else, it's a very quick read. But I actually really enjoyed it. What was the, um, who's, is, who's the narrator? Or is the that... narrator is, oh gosh, no, it's, the narrator is just one of these two twins. Okay. And they have very different personalities, which I think was, um, as a reader, it kind of keeps you on your toes because it can be very, might have the tendency to blur them together because they're not just, even like right. if you know identical twins, you can kind of, yeah. if you ever know them in real life, you might try to blur them together. But these girls are literally attached at the hip. So when one of them, <laughs> right. you know, there's, she starts liking, she starts like liking a boy, but she can only flirt with him. You know, her sister is right there all the time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no, you know, no privacy. Mm-hmm. When she actually gets her first kiss, I think her sister's asleep. It's, you know, Ooh, this right. very connected life. But something yeah. I liked about the book too is it challenges this idea of conjoined twins as tragic, but oh, I think is kind of yeah. the belief when really it's like you're probably one of the few people ever who's never alone. Wow. Well then and then, <laughs> and it came off like you 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 believed it and it felt um like the author really got into the mind of the characters. I or? think so too, yeah. And if yeah. the author at the end like she talks about she did a lot of research on it. Obviously not her natural doesn't have personal insight to that. She's not a conjoined twin. But I think really did do kind of the work to put the research in. What is the age range of these girls? This is, they're in high school. I think they're about 16, 17. I'll say, I don't want to give away the ending, but the issue does come up of their health. And, you know, will they have Mm -hmm. to separate? You know, do they want, emotionally, do they want to separate? Would they rather stay together? If they do have to, can both of them survive? So it is... And they a very compelling read. To the science and medical issues with that? It like, does a little bit, but I'd say more into the psychology. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I'd say it's a great book, and I think it's definitely worth giving a read. Well, I'll pick it up. Pick it up from the Alameda County Library because we've got a couple of copies. Nice. Uh, so this has been Natalie. And this is Blaine. We're out. Aloha. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Diverse Books. This is Natalie McCall. And this is Blaine Wentworth. And today we're going to be talking about Most Likely to Succeed by Jennifer Eccles. So this book is actually the third in a teen romance trilogy. It's called the Superlative Series. So they're all sort of those things you get in high school when they decide, you know, most likely to go to jail, most likely to make a million dollars, whatever. So this one is Most Likely to Succeed. The main character is Kay, and sort of the background is there was a mess up in the superlatives, and she was she got most likely to succeed with her boyfriend Aiden, which is perfect because they were planning to go to Columbia together and be bankers. But really, she found out, I think in the previous book, that she really got 
best romance that never happened with Sawyer, who's sort of the goofy bad boy of the story. If you ever watched Dawson's Creek, he's kind of, you know, the pacey of this world. So it's kind of, yeah, just a romance between these two characters. Yeah, so where this story starts is Kay and her boyfriend are basically breaking up, and she is now been thinking about Sawyer because she had won this award that no one else knows about, but now it's starting to affect her in ways she hadn't really thought about. Because like you said, she was on her, she had her dream, you know, at 14 years old to go to Columbia like her mother and be a banker like her mother and father. And and so now this little wrinkle of... She's questioning everything. Kind of, that's the setup. So it is yeah. sort of... um. Well, not a paint by numbers romance, but sort of. You you know you know they're going to end up together because that's you know, it's like a mystery. You know, and it's going to get solved at the end. But where it comes into diverse books is um, was a pretty diverse group in general. Kay is black, Sawyer is white. Her friend Tia, who was yeah. the main character, and I think the first book in the series is Latina. Yeah, and she, well, and she has had a relationship with Sawyer, and so. That has sort of left Kay. Well, Sawyer's really just the playboy of the school in a way. I mean, that's what we are led to believe. And so, you know, Kay. It's like is, secretly he's been crushing on her for three years. Right. He's, he's in been, agony. Yeah. Which is why you know they're going to get together. Mm-hmm. And so there is no surprise there. But as you're reading, I would get caught up and for pages, I'd be super into this. Like, are they going to get together now? Is it going <gasps> to happen gonna now? Are they going to kiss? Yeah. So, what did you think of this book? I actually liked it, I did, but I would hold off a little bit on saying it was great. Um, I would read the series because I like the change in perspective, the voices, and already knowing the characters, you get to see everything happening from a different point of view. So it's like it's a great, it's a greater story. Um, but like most stories, I feel this time, like in this age, most things just people want a happy ending, so everything gets resolved very well. Everything gets wrapped up in a nice tidy bow. Like the boyfriend who you hate ends up apologizing, and then he's forgiven. And the crazy mother. Yeah, her mother, by the way, um, grew up poor <laughs> and kind of you know bootstrapped her way up to success. And even though she has this perfect daughter. She like you know freaks out at the tiniest thing like oh no she's dating someone who's poor so she takes her daughter to the ghetto to pretty much terrify her from dating this kid so she's a little bit you know a little bit above and beyond yeah but, but then by the right. end she's all of a sudden oh I hope everything works out for you too <laughs> which right. is a little bit you know it yeah. could have left that thread dangling like, there could have been you know or less at tidy. least with the ex boyfriend. Yeah, the ex-boyfriend is like... There's no reason to like him. This huge jerk. Um, he's kind of been bossing her around forever. Tries to get her... They're, they're Together they were like the president and vice president of student council. Tries to get her to drop it when she pisses him off. And then all of a sudden he's, I'm sorry for everything. Let's be friends. And it all works out. But I, th- I do think the characters had a lot of energy. And actually I liked that these girls were very forward in their thinking about sex. That's kind of novel. Definitely very different than the teen books of my day, I think. I don't think they were. So yeah, it seemed like virginity was always a huge thing, like even like oh, in those yeah. TV shows. Like every teen show I ever watched, you know, 
Dawson's oh, yeah. Creek, get, Buffy, like the loss of virginity for a girl was this huge thing. And this is like, oh, we've skipped it. I would say I would recommend this book and actually curious, even though it's the last one, a bit curious about the, the first two in the series. Yeah, no, I would recommend it as well. I would say read them all um, and have fun. So this is Natalie. And this is Blaine. And this was Diverse Books.